I'm going to tell everybody in school, if you want to see my dad on YouTube, to say on it, the tape never lies. <laughs>
like I said, cars, I, I know we're going to get into it, but I know Justin was pissed off. I, I would have much preferred him not speaking a second time. Sit on what you said. I respected the first one. I was glad that he was pissed off. I was glad that he yeah. was irritated. Um, I Like I said, it's just I got some big, big fundamental issues with this franchise in the way that it's constructed i mean and to me square one you, you have to hold ryan pace accountable because Holes. yeah or yeah jesus christ <laughs> let's bring back pace at this point not really but ryan poles i mean he is the guy that, that brought Eberflus in and just real quick cars before we get into it how the fuck does this go on and i understand there can be legal ramifications but after everything that's going on how the fuck are you waiting until today before you address your football team about the situation? I mean, it's cars. It's amateur hour at its fucking finest. It's it's. Do you remember back in the message board days, the, the, the fiery blast, the, the blasphemous gift that we used to put up there? It, that that's what I think of. It's there's no words for it. It's 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 just like the Dave McGinnis hiring fiasco. You know, it's just like that. This has been an or just like the uh, post whatever Nagy's second to last season, uh, that postseason conference where uh, Ted Phillips was jumping on all weird and they were talking about the culture and you're talking about the culture and and everything. It's. It just goes to show no matter how. What culture? What culture? Uh, it's a, not a good one, right? Yeah. And I, I I just sort of look at it like, you know, we hired professionals to do this for the first time, and this is really the first time that they've been challenged, and they failed that challenge. Because this, this even goes above and beyond, you know, Ryan uh, Poles. This, this really goes up to Kevin Warren as well. You know, if you've got all yeah. these people and you brought in all these new folks to start to do this and and to make this run like a professional organization days like yesterday should not happen uh there there's there's there is no excuse for it and when you you know when you come off a week in which you were ill prepared at best yeah you had a horrible game plan you know you kind of were like it's okay we we it's not okay but you kind of like we have professionals in the room and this is, uh, you know, what we're going to do. And then we come out looking like amateur hour and all the all the reports of, you know, FBI raided the, the office and Peanut was telling the Bears that they had to do this. And that's not true. Like at some point as a franchise, you need to get the right and best message out that you can. And there's still no message today from that franchise. Right. And it is. Yeah, it, real it's quick. disgusting. Eric, no, they, they didn't come out and say anything publicly, but there's there is a way when you hear, you know, what goes on in the locker room stays in the locker room. But every single one of those players deserve something. You don't have to let them know all and of, of the legalities knew. and none of them knew you had a player in Tyreek Stevenson come out today and said we haven't even heard from Coach Eberflus, anything about what's going on. 
with our defensive coordinator. And that that is wrong. That is not the right approach. Under any circumstance, you're asking these players to go out there and put their lives on the line every single time they take the field, and you're not even being honest with them about the situation. Now, they you can explain things, and I know there, there's a business aspect to this. There's a yeah. legal aspect to it. There's a way you don't have to tell them everything. You have to tell them something, and to not address it at all is a fucking big problem with it's, this franchise and that starts listen i don't care if you got here on april 17th or whatever day it was that kevin warren started when he went through and said he was going to interview every single person in the organization to find out things that they needed things that they did not like that's a problem that starts with you kevin warren and then it goes to ryan poles and ian cunningham and to matt eberflus and all the way down through these players deserve at least something, and it should not have taken until today after the craziness of yesterday for this to, to, to happen. There's just no way that I will believe anybody that, that is justifying that stance. Well, I think I think if you if you just pull back, you were comfortable enough to put player in and obviously you have to put players out to be interviewed every day it's part of everything that happens but you're not going to at least prepare the people you know you're you're sending players out to answer for a franchise yeah you made the players available before you made your gm you didn't even live stream that press conference right and that's for, so for, it's so chicago it's so chicago bears cars it it's it is it you you basically sent out a rookie kid to take all the questions that you refuse to answer and you know again it's it's as happy as i am um that polls at least said something the fact that this was not a live press conference and it wasn't in a situation where uh where things could be done i'm just it's it's amateur hour once again. And I had hoped, you know, like we had said a lot, like there are professionals in the room. There had been so much goodwill that had been built up by some of the things that they had done right. and gotten in front of it. And it just goes to show you make, and this isn't even a mistake. Like you, you make a decision that is the wrong decision from go. And whoever tells you it's the right decision is the wrong person. Yeah. Uh, but if you make totally that decision agree. from go, it's not a bad decision. It is back to amateur hour, and I no longer can sit down and be like, I have faith that they're going to do the right thing. That's right. all and, gone. And, and Bears fans shouldn't. This team hasn't earned the benefit of the doubt at all. No. It has always been hope, right? Right. And it, it, everything is based on hope. Oh, th how many times have you guys heard me say on any show on our network that being a Bears fan is thinking change is going to fix everything. It's, oh, we drafted a wide receiver number seven overall in the first round. We got our guy for the next 10 to 12 years. You know, you're just assuming that everything is going to be fixed. And it, especially at the quarterback position, there's so many things that go into it just beyond what you see on the field. And yeah. cars, these, these, I don't want to say quote unquote experts because they're much smarter than I am and much more experienced than I am in the game of football and tape analysis and, and all of that. But 
I respect the hell out of um, JT O'Sullivan. I respect the hell out of Tim Jenkins. But all you have to do is go back to both of those guys breaking down the Chicago Bears situation, and every fucking bullet point is a polar opposite. Cole Komet's a player from Tim Jenkins. Cole Komet isn't an NFL caliber tight end from JT O'Sullivan. Uh, you know, just it's just boom, 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 saying that that Justin has some major issues. And then the other, it's it's all on, it's not on the coaching. Then the other is J, uh, Justin's flaws are easily fixable and it is the coaching. And it, it just, everybody is all over the map. And unfortunately, cars, it's, it's this coaching staff and this regime included. We've been sold a bill of goods saying that, you know, these guys are turning over every rock. They're eating, sleeping, and shitting football, and nothing has changed so far. Nothing. You have a head coach come out and cars. If the Bears went out and won in Tampa convincingly, Eberflus would have a fucking answer for every single question. You're smart enough. You've been around this cars. They go out and they get boat raced. It's the same boat. Oh, we got to go back. We got to look at the tape. Yeah, we're not yeah. real sure on that. That's what they default to. They let the, the, the media guy control the situation. Two, two more guys, two more. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna speak on this on Wednesday, and then it comes Wednesday. They don't speak on it. It's because it's it's this cyclical pattern of bullshit and nonsense because we're a rabid fan base wanting something, and we get nothing in return. And that's you know, that's the hard part. I've I have very candidly for the most part been off twitter since my work trip last week because it has gotten to the point where you know the negativity which is well deserved i, I don't want to say that it's not but it is just everywhere and it seeps into everything and we as a fan base crap all over everything and the, and the hard part about this is like there has been sprinkled sprinkling of good in what what has been going on and it and it's the hard part is i i i wanted more than just a sprinkle at this point yeah um and and someone that i had sat down and someone that i had sat down and said you know i'm giving this till week four because that's when i want to see everything and if and if you watch a lot of these games and you've watched a lot of these early portions offenses everywhere are sloppy it has not been a good looking couple of weeks. That said, it's, you know, everything that could go wrong in two weeks yeah. has absolutely gone wrong. You could not have asked, even if even if the Alan Williams thing had had not happened. And again, I think the biggest insult to me is and a lot of people have said the question, like, could they say something legally? Most likely, no. But what they could have done is just say, hey, guys, Alan Williams is no longer part of the staff. He is not here. And and that even that as a message, as basic as it was, right, was not relayed to anyone in that locker room. I don't know. 
Yeah, it was. I mean, Tyreek Stevenson, like I said, came out today and said, we have not heard from the head coach. Yeah, it just pertaining to this situation at all. That's a fucking massive problem. He is the guy who wants to be the CEO of this team, you know, when it's on game day and the way that it practices, he's got to take ownership of that as a message. And, you know, if you contrast that to the message that he sent sort of after week one, in which he went at Luke Getze, you know, and wished that they had gone more vertical and had taken that, we had all, I had thought, like, at least that was a very positive thing. You know, we it was nice to see the coach call yeah, that right out. Right here, Ryan Cox with the, the quote of the night so far. Yeah. The players found out about Williams the same way we did. Yeah. Should never happen. Should yeah. never happen. But to sit there and be like, in one week, you you went front and center and you took ownership and you challenged the team the next moment you wilted like a flower and it's 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 getting to the point where it's it's really difficult to sit down and really watch this game i can tell you that watching this game on sunday was the most relaxed and calm i've ever been because i just after the script plays went away I, I, it was just so easy to not, to just watch. Do you remember me texting you and Ryan Cox at? I'm like, let's see what happens after the first 15. And it was nothing. Cause it's on the fucking toilet. Yeah. It's in the, the scary part is, is so much of this is so eerily similar to, Nagy. to Matt Nagy. I mean, Matt Nagy was good on the script. Luke Getzey is better. The second the script goes away, it's, it's brutal. And there's no flow into these things and there's no um, understanding into like the use case. But the, the thing that concerns me the absolute most is really just the thing that's the most common to me to Matt Nagy is in every play, there are 10 people doing the right thing and there is one person who is not. Sometimes that's Justin. Sometimes that's an offensive lineman. Sometimes it's a wide receiver or a tight end, but that part has never gotten cleaned up in that handoff. The reason the offense is failing isn't just Justin Fields, and it's not just Luke Getze. It is a combination of those two as some of the bigger drivers, but the bigger issue is these players are just not consistent down in, down, you know, down in, down out. Uh, it's you know you look at what happened with Kansas City with Kadarius Tony in Week One, they went right back to him last week. They got him a lot of touches. They give gave him a chance. Good teams and, do, and he responded. This team, it just keeps happening, and and nothing nothing good is is really coming of it. And it's what's what's concerning to me is de- is defenses have found a way to really protect against the run of Justin and to really stress him. And we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit, but there's been no adjustments and the bye weeks, not for what seven more weeks, right? Wait, wait, no week 13. Yeah. It's late this year. You're not, if you can't wait to the bye week this year, you can't, I don't have any of that. You have, you don't, Yeah, you're looking, you're, you're looking at week, eight week nine in that range if, you if, have to make because yeah. when's our next uh we've got a thursday game and it uh week five 
right? So between week five and week six, that's from Washington to Minnesota, that's a point in time that you can see an overhaul, but you have to start that overhaul process now. The offense, as you wanted it to run, which was going to be a lot of right. getting yards after catch plays, teams aren't buying it anymore. They don't care. They're they're challenging you, and you you have to do it. And it's scary to me. Like it's, it, I think we've talked a lot about it. We expected the defense to be somewhat better, and overall, they actually right. are better. They're not good enough, and it's right. well, exacerbated by the offense being shit. And it is, and and cars. I think a lot of the listen the the defense isn't anywhere near where they where they need to be, but the spotlight and sole focus needs to be put on third and longs. It just listen. It, it, oh, where, where's your confidence level on a third and long? I have no confidence. I'm more surprised when the team doesn't convert it's, on offense. I, I'm I'm it, with you. There's, it doesn't matter if it's third and nine or third and nineteen. I'd actually and, take third and nine over third and nineteen sometimes. Yeah, for I uh, agree. to be honest, and uh, you know there there's a lot of these questions, and um, you know I think this one's I I don't think uh, Shane that this is what you're saying, and I, I and I'm not quite there yet either. I think the red no. flags are getting a brighter shade mm-hmm. of red right now, um, but I I. There's still like and, that story isn't done. The longer this, it takes, the less likely he is to be the guy. Listen, but, you cannot be in year three in a, you know in the NFL and missing guys that are wide open. And yeah. it's not just once. It's not just twice. There's major flaws in this offense. There's major flaws with the offensive coordinator. There's major flaws in the hits system. There's major flaws in the effort. I get it. Say what you want about Getty, and this is not me defending him at all. End of the fucking day, we can still show you on tape where Justin simply needs to just rip the ball, and he does not. And I, I think it was Eric in uh looking uh are we you know yeah here it is right here are we uh this down on the offensive fields just hits no. the dudes or wide open no 100 we're not but he's he's that seems like a big ask at this point why are we there in year three just throwing the football to a guy that's open it's, it's well and and um I got to this point, some point in the second season of Mitch and Matt Nagy, where you, you kind of looked around and you said, which one was holding who back, right? Because there it was very similar. There were a lot of plays where Mitch was missing a guy. And did you overcompensate in some of these play calls? You're not pulling the trigger on these throws. So let me shorten it. Let me try to do these simpler things so that you will pull the trigger uh, the trigger on these things. But then you see some of these plays and you see like guys too close together and we're doing some of these similar things. Like we're missing things like slants. We're missing, pardon me, some of these other things that other teams do when time gets rough. And it's just, it's just problematic. I, there's, there's enough evidence to sit down and say like, 
actually, I take that back. There's not. You can't really point a finger at one or the other. You can, you have to sit down and point a finger at both. And that's a scary position to be in because you have to have faith right now if you, you know, want the season to be anything, right. that and both of them are going to turn it around. And that's tough. So, Cars, uh, Vince is asking if we win three to four games, do you think polls maybe with a nudge from Warren fires Flues? Don't know how you would sell that to a fan base bringing Flues back after six to seven wins. Oh, he's gone. In, in two years. No, I, I totally agree. Ryan Poles is not in my I, – I do not think that they would launch – do you think that they would launch polls also? No. I don't either. I think it would be Flus and everybody on the staff is launched to the fucking moon if that happened. Because there's no... Uh, if they preached all offseason, and this is a big, massive red flag on Ryan Poles himself when he said we've did 75 to 80% of what we needed to do. And if you win three to four games, that's not true at all. Correct. But you, if you're Kevin Warren, you cannot sit idly by because listen, there's there's some there's another big project that you want to get rolling that's well, going to cost billions. And when your mojo with this franchise is in the shitter, cars they have to put a jolt into it someplace. And if they bring this entire staff back coming off a, a, another three win campaign. You, you, you're behind the eight ball starting in 2024. If you go three and 14, you're not because you've got a top three pick and you're drafting a quarterback and you're not giving this team another chance. I mean, that that's really the bottom line, but Steve, absolutely. If, if the wheels fall off here at some point, if we go, Owen five, Owen six, something along those lines. I don't even think it would take, you know, three quarters of a season. If you start off with four or five losses from go, I think Matt would be gone. I, I yeah. don't think you can do because at that point, what would it be? 17 losses in a row? If yeah, you went Owen five, you right you can't you you you're done. He's he's gone. And that's the hard part is who do you promote? Um, you know, I, is it? I, I would imagine it would probably be Janoko for uh, just for that because I think Getsy would be part of that firing as well. Yeah. But if if you you can't you cannot just sit here and tread water as as nice of a person as he is, that's just not going to be a thing. If you if if you lose five in a row someone's got to get fired. Maybe it's not Fluce. Maybe it's Getsy at that point. You know, it could very someone well be, be somebody fired. that's been around the league for a long time in Hightower. You know what I mean? I, I wouldn't even point. be, I wouldn't even be shocked. That's a great there point. Because special teams coaches have to coach players on both sides of the ball. So, you know, that's, and we've seen that in Las Vegas and a couple yeah. other places that, that works pretty well. Yeah. And I mean, I don't, I, a wild card, I don't know. It, and it's not paying off right now, but I know there's, a lot of love and admiration for Tyke Tolbert around the league and with a lot of the players, but I, I just can't see them making that jump from wide receiver coach to interim head coach of the Chicago Bears. I just think that they would default to a guy that's been around the league for quite a while, and that's, to me, I, I could see 
them going to somebody like Hightower. And that's the right way to look at it, though, right? Because what you're really just doing is trying to shepherd this team into the next season, you know? So, like, you just want a steady hand that won't rock the boat, that will do some things to do this. Um, it's it's really it's really concerning and i and again i, I, I we kind of keep seeing this and i i don't mean to call anybody out i don't i i'm not saying that he's done there is still a tremendous amount of time for this to get turned around he's got to get out of his own head the coaching staff has to do some things he's got to feel free to run again um i don't i don't think and again, if I look at I this, nobody here said that he's done. Yeah. Nobody said that it's over. And and the the fact that that's that's a that 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 you're just hearing something that you want to do, and this <laughs> well, has kind this, of been. But let's just address this, cars. And like I said, there's probably people in the chat that are not going to like this, and it happens in every form of social media. Unfortunately, if you say one negative thing, and it happened with Mitch, it happened with Rex, it happened yes. with Jay. It's happening with Justin. If you say one negative thing, half the fan base agrees and half the fan base thinks that you're a hater. Justin Fields said himself, everybody, I need to play better, period, end of sentence. He's not bullshitting. He knows it. Us holding him accountable is us looking at the tape and seeing the flaws. We all want him to go out there and play better. We want the entire team. We're when Phil is breaking down his tape and showing you guys that he's showing you that it's not just Justin. Yeah. But everybody, if you say one negative thing about Justin Fields, or what do you mean he's done? Nobody's up here saying that. But I'm telling you, you show me a quarterback that's in year three in the NFL that cannot consistently throw the ball to open wide receivers and that's where we're at right now he's got the yips right like there are throws and if you watch him he's double clutching he's pumping there are things that are there and i'll have a screenshot of one that absolutely should have been thrown um and, and it's just one of those type of examples right just real quick but this is what this is what we're this is a classic case of what I'm talking about. Yeah. I said three year three, and he's like, well, it's two weeks into year three. It shouldn't be two weeks into year two if you're yeah. in the NFL. If there's a guy that's wide, and I'm not talking NFL wide open, that's six to eight inches. I'm talking high school wide open on some of these throws that he's not oh, ripping. It's, it's a that, fucking problem, guys. He missed a touchdown to Roshan Johnson yes. that was wide open. And I know and they said the space they, they said the spacing on that wasn't perfect. It's never Stop. going to be Stop. perfect. Stop. You have to rip that ball and it's a touchdown. Pitch, catch, six. End of story. I'm good with arguing semantics that it's week two in year three versus me just saying year three is you making an excuse for Justin Fields. And that's all right. that's, what that's it is. the problem with with all of it right now, right? People there as as much as we all want to say it, people have narratives, right? And and people have beliefs. And you know, it was just again, it was just like the the Mitch versus Nagy thing. There were so many people that would go point out every play that Nagy had a bad 
play called up and then everybody that was anti-Mitch would have a bad play that um, that Mitch missed a guy, right? And it, it's yeah. it's constant. As fans, we can sit down and see what it is that we want to see. Um, and unfortunately, you know, it, it, it is what it is. And it, it, again, at this point, no one is sitting here and saying that the season is lost. No one is saying um, that that he cannot turn it around and all of these things are absolutely possible but when you look at the tape right now justin fields is his own worst enemy and that's that's where we are in year three there are throws to be made it's there if he starts making these throws we absolutely are having a different conversation the defense isn't on the field for as long as it is there are scoring more points I'm not going to even sit down and and say something along the lines of like, look at that third and and long or third down long throw to Mike Evans. Jared, yeah, he's going for 302 tutties because they're going to lose 56 to 14. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so but gonna... if, go ahead. No, no, I'm just my uh, put it in there. I just wanted to get it in. Um, you know, there if if there there is time for this to turn around. If he starts making those throws. The defense isn't on the field. What I was saying about, you know, you look at that third and long to Mike Evans. That was a push off on Tyreek Stevenson. And it was like two or three yeah. drives for that long one. He did the same exact thing. If you can start turning first, and I can to a degree understand one thing we should give Matt Nagy credit for is even though he knew it wouldn't work when he played Tampa Bay, he stuck he with the run it. and yeah. he tried to do it. You know, Luke Getze looked at it and said, Minnesota, who was a very good running team last year, couldn't run against them. So we're not going to even try. And that as a game plan made it even worse. And let me ask you this right there, just to that point, Cars. If I told you, so we're at Thursday. If I told you last Thursday, knowing everything that we knew about week one mm -hmm. and all of the hype that came along after week one with Roshan Johnson. If I told you that in the Tampa game, he was going to get four carries for the game, what would you have said to me? I would have laughed. Exactly. Like, it, 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 it's inex, again, we keep kind of talking about this, but it is inexcusable. The idea that you wouldn't even go to attempt to run on Tampa and Tampa sat down and punished us with the run. Yeah, because we couldn't stay on the field. And if you there's at no point should we walk into this game with 11 carries total from our running backs in a game that truthfully was never super out of hand. It was never something along the lines where you're like it. We went into half and it was 13 10. And at that point, I think we had something like five runs at at, at then. There, it, it is, and it, for a team where a quarterback is struggling to make right. reads, struggling to do this, there's no run game, there's no play action, there was no moving pockets, there was none of this stuff where you did it. As positive as it is to me, that you know um they are throwing the ball more on first down which is the way that you have to absolutely do it the simple fact that the second run yeah. 
of this game was Valus Jones on an end around. Yeah. Is, where your two where your two tight ends did absolutely nothing. It, it's just insane. And and you look, so I'm looking through it right now. There are three runs we did by halftime. Four yeah. Four runs. Four, yeah. Four runs by halftime. <laughs> and it was a game that was thirteen to ten. You just don't even do. do that's that's the thing, cars. As bad as it was, like you said, look at the halftime score. Yeah, and and it's just, and you were still in it until the fucking triple screens called. You were still, you still had a chance. And the offensive line was not playing poorly. Like that was the thing. It all fell apart in the second half, much like it did against Green Bay, because mm-hmm. the play calling sucked and and the execution sucked and when you just keep going back yes are there moments where someone on the line lets them down yeah and it's going to happen every game but if i tell you that there are 10 sacks on justin fields through two games and five of those are directly on justin fields shoulders you're talking half the available sacks are on him, or I think it's four. Sorry, four of the ten yep. are on him. Why, why are you writing on off, writing him off, and saying that he's done by saying that? You know, yeah, it's you're in a no-win situation. It's it's you're, just a reality right now of like he's trying to do this stuff. He, it, you've got to figure out a way. He to, himself said he's he tries to be a perfectionist in absolute fucking chaos. You you yeah. cannot be. You can't take the time to be a perfectionist. Are you gonna fuck up? Yeah, you know it, it, it's crazy. But just uh, I started it here. Uh, ben had a good question. I know it's been popping around every everywhere. I don't know Ben if you got to watch. I know I wasn't on too long last night because I wasn't feeling well uh, last night. But you know I, I told everybody don't be shocked if Peterman wasn't back in some form today. So I don't know if they did announce the Bears' plan was to poach a player from another team's practice squad now if they do that they have to add that player to the active roster so they made the corresponding move they demote they released peterman you're not worrying about another team claiming him they knew that they could get him back onto the practice squad sign this other player well the bears didn't get that player Uh, i don't know if he chose not to come or if the team elevated him I don't have those particulars on that, but the the deal fell through. The player did not come, so that's the open slot went back to Peterman. So that's that's how that started. And I know people get very very fired up about this, and it's it's a bottom of the roster move that will probably happen. Watt cars six or seven more times through the course of the yeah, season, absolutely. at least. So don't people shouldn't overreact to it. It's just it's it's business. It's what happens. You're not worried about. Peterman is the ultimate wild card that you know you can release him. Another team is most likely not going to claim him. So you can go out and sneak somebody onto your active 53. I think it's just uh, the only thing you read into that is it speaks volumes as to where they are on 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 Badgett and the fact that they were more 100%. than comfortable in, in him being a number two. And so that also 
Um, if you're a pessimistic fan at this moment, you read a little bit into that because they want him around that in case they move off of Justin, that it's going to be Tyson's show and it's not going to be uh, it's not going to be Peterman. Right. And so I think agent rips that ball to Roshan. You I, think he's I, worried about the spacing? Why? Some of these guys get, you know. When you don't have all the physical traits in the world. Sometimes you're a better quarterback. If you look at Brock Purdy, uh, as much as I think he's overhyped, but because he doesn't have all the tools in the world, he doesn't have the rocket of an arm. He's had a hell of a touchdown pass, I'll tell you that. Um, I'm sure. Um, you know, you, you, when you don't have all of those physical traits, you trust your players to make plays. Mm. And right now, Justin is not trusting his players to make plays. And that is what's, again, there's a lot of stuff going on. It's not just that, but that's holding him back. And, and you know, when you look at this and you see, again, all the tape and you look at all the breakdowns, no, I think at some point, you know, if this continues, you're going to have the Tyson show. It's just what it's going to be. Yeah. And it's going to be fascinating to watch the offense yeah, and with it. jared i don't think we're saying that he's going to fix everything but when you're dealing with a player that is clearly has i, I don't want to cars put it perfectly the yips where he's just simply not ripping the ball you're in a fucking game where one touchdown can dictate the outcome so we were maybe he's not going 17, to, right? Maybe like he's not going to open up the entire offense, but maybe he wins you a game that you, you didn't win before. And that's well, what it is. And and I mean, if you want to like kind of. It, let me just kind of. This throw and pardon the pause. This is a sack. OK, this right here is a sack. And look at the top of your screen right there. Look where Justin is looking. That ball absolutely needs to be ripped. Tyson Bajant most likely throws that ball. Or he might hit the running back right there. The fact that you have two guys, and, and this is going to be back to, we'll look at this again, uh, of the because uh, this is kind of that spot drop look that we, we'll have a tweet that we'll talk about in a little bit. But if you look at this, we have four guys out in a route against six defenders. Mm -hmm. And you've got two of them open. And this is a sack. This is the stuff that we're talking about. Like, again, you have to admit with Justin that he is missing things. This is a first down, top of the screen at the 40-yard line. No questions asked. If you get it to Herbert, shy of the 50, He's got enough space where he could probably get that corner and make that a first down. You have two first down looks and it is a sack. I just don't know, you know, when you have these conversations, you're right. I don't necessarily know that it's going to mean that we're going to start throwing 40 points a game. But if Tyson is there, those throws get made. He doesn't have the yips because he's not afraid right now because he's basically playing with house money right now right okay. nobody gave him a shot he's a division one double a kid or division two kid no one expects anything from him it's just like brock purdy being mr irrelevant i'm not saying he's going to have that type of success 
but he has nothing to lose. If you do not trust your players, and the biggest thing that Josh Allen made that jump on was when they added Stefan Diggs, he said, when in trouble, I'm going to Diggs. No questions asked. And right now, when he's in trouble, he is doing nothing. You can either run or throw, and he is doing neither of those two things. Right. Yeah. And the, and the, the run, sometimes he's just running into a sack. We, we saw that last week. It's, it's bad. And it, from here, can I just show some Justin numbers so I can fully get Justin Hater on me? Hey, um, you're, you're the cars and cars keys, bro. I'm all just, right. Well, you I'm, know, I'm Vanna White over here. I'm turning the numbers. You know that Runners. I'm not going to sit here and run this like the dictator, like that other show. But, um, <laughs> you know, when I say the line isn't that bad, if you kind of look, Justin is eighth slowest in time to throw. So the only longer is Bryce Young, both Zach and Russell Wilson, uh, Deshaun Watson, Mahomes and Jimmy G. So you're looking at 2.72 seconds. It's not. And you look at those those quarterbacks, right? Jimmy Mahomes uh, has a better line. You know, Jimmy G has a better line. The the Jets have a way worse line. If you had told me that coming into this season, holy cow, I would never have believed you. But if you look at that second one, uh, that's really the bigger issue to me is so time to pressure. So from snap until there is pressure, Justin has the eighth best time, meaning there are 32 quarterbacks in the NFL. 24 quarterbacks have less time to pressure than Justin Fields. So when you sit down and say, um, you know, like, hey, this isn't it, it's the line. It's not. There are times where the line falls. There's some predictable call, play calls that are happening. But really, if you're talking 40% of your sacks are on Justin, that's not a line issue. That's him. So you see that in the next line. So we're, we're looking at 11th and pressure percentage. I don't love that stat. It's an interesting one, but it doesn't take into account how many of those pressures are even coming from him holding on to the ball too long. But if you look at the bottom stats, this is where it kills me. So the one thing I said coming into the season is, you know, the offense is successful and that 10 to 20 yard marker. Justin is 0 for 6 with two interceptions and three other turnover throw worthy throws on six attempts. Now, it's great. Zero to nine. It's incredible. 20 plus yards. But look at those numbers behind the line of scrimmage. That's not just terrible to, to Shane's point. That's not even Pop Warner level right now. And that interception that he threw basically behind the line was god awful. And when you look at this to go, the fact that he has of 66 passing attempts, that 28 of them are behind the line is ridiculous. Now, the, the converse of that, and I don't want to hear like this is just Getsy with sabotage because we've shown you, and I know that Phil has shown you, there are plays to be made. Yeah. There were two very easy 15, 20-yard pass plays. The one I just showed you in that screenshot, there's going to be another one on that one to Roshan where there are deeper passes, and he's not pulling the trigger, and he is staring guys down uh, big time. And this yep. is, you know, it is a well-known thing. 
So yes, in part, Getsy isn't helping by calling a lot of screens, but when he's drawing up a play where the ball needs to get out quick and there's stuff open, Justin isn't doing it. So you can't have one without the other. This is the complete, like, sometimes it's him, sometimes it's the other. It's it's constant, and it gets really frustrating to see it because the screen game works if those other throws are being done. That screen game works. Look at that first drive. That first right. play was a 33-yard pass to... Uh, to um, uh, DJ Moore. That first pass, that is two wide receivers on six defenders. And that was a 33-yard play. And that was one where the window was tight. And look, the ball is already coming out. He was on time in the script. But you see so much of this now that they are calling in two versus six. You're looking at Three versus seven. You can't really see there at the top of the screen. There's another guy. There are four players. This is a bad play by Darnell Wright. But we're seeing so many of these different plays right now where there are two wideouts, three wideouts on a route, and teams are dropping six or seven back. If that tells you anything, that is not an indictment on Getze. That is an indictment on what teams believe they can do to confuse Justin Fields. He's not trusting what he sees. He's not throwing what's there. And it's a shit show all over the place. Yeah, it is. Uh, real quick before we move on, Cars, you got your first oh boy super chat here from Ron D'Ambrosio. He probably is glad that I read his name and not Phil because Phil would have butchered it, I'm sure. Maybe Somehow I he would have been like Donald something yeah. if, if Phil had read it. But thank you, Ron, very much. Yes, yeah. it is. Uh... First Super Chat for Cars Keys, showing oh. some love. Thanks, TTNL, for trying to talk us through these fun times. And that's, <clears throat> you know, Cars and I were talking pre-show via text. And as bad as everything is, this is going through these shows is very therapeutic. But I find myself during the week really just almost distancing myself from yeah. sports radio from from everything because i just it's the same thing over and over and over again it's the same narrative from from everybody but it's when i can get on is. here with cars and you know with phil and sheree and claudio and ivan and you know everybody that's involved with ttnl it's always a therapeutic process when we can get on here and talk about it because we know you guys know when we're talking that we're not trying to give you bullshit we're 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 speaking from the heart and we want what's best for this team we're not somebody that isn't invested in the bears that is just reading the headlines and assuming a bunch of stuff so ron thank you so much absolutely um just real quick update super chat is something that we just have dove into uh last night starting and on keeping it 100 we're gonna have some more offers for people in terms of some uh, logos and stuff that'll be involved for people that uh, do get involved in the super chat, but you'll always be highlighted and we will answer every super chat question in the chat when they are put up there. So we appreciate it, Ron. Thanks, man. No, but I think you're right. It's been really hard to, again, it's why I've sat down um, 
and have, have kind of backed off social media because once one once one person gets a narrative and starts it, it takes off just like the peanut Tillman thing from yesterday. Right. And how many people ran with that piece and started to share? I heard that. Yep, I heard that. Yep, I heard that. And it just tears off. It is. I was to be honest, I was dreading this show up until today um, because it is so depressing sometimes. You know, I don't I'm 45 years old. I have two Super Bowl chances. I've had a team that has let me down. Uh, you're muted, Shane. <laughs> I was giving you a compliment. I was calling you a young pup. I, I am. I am not much of a young pup. It is. It is. It is difficult. Like you don't do this stuff and you don't you don't invest the time if you don't love this team and you don't want them to be good. Um, and it's it's just devastating when you get there. And, and we have been waiting for so long for us to have a good team and for us to be consistent. Um, we can't. And it it breaks my heart like it. It devastates when my kids come down and they're like, dad, are you OK? Uh, you know that it's bad. So like you're not even yelling anymore, dad. You are just. Yeah, it does. It, it takes the wind out of your sails for sure, man. No, I, I, I totally it, get it. But you got another one here, Cars. Oh, Bears boy. fan Goomba. Love the show and thanks for filtering out the bullshit. And that's thanks so much, man. We we appreciate it. And that's, you know, listen, we understand we're not for everybody. People get very upset with Phil's approach sometimes. They get upset with my approach. Sometimes some people don't like it that we swear. Some people just don't like it that we're honest. They don't some like it don't that like we... if you're too positive. Sometimes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. exactly. Some people don't want to hear any negativity at all. Hey, why are you why are you beating up Justin? Well, if we we're based on tape, and if we see something on tape that we take issue with, we are going to talk about it. It doesn't matter if you're a first round draft pick, a first round quarterback, or if you're a seventh round. QB or a seventh round backup offensive tackle, we're going to highlight it and we're going to show people what you did, what you should have did, and why you are wrong. Doesn't mean that you can't improve from it, but it's just, I know people want to give the Bears the benefit of the doubt, but the, the where I am at with the benefit of the doubt with this team, they don't deserve it. Change means nothing with this team because that's all they've had lately is change. And it's still the same mess. Always. Oh, culture. Cult Lucas Patrick is here because of the culture. That that just tells me you're building your fucking team wrong. You're a three-win team. I don't need a journeyman offensive lineman on my team that's going to hold me together. I'm going to build my team with guys with big upside, yet maybe some bumps in the fucking road. But my coaching staff is here to coach them out of those bumps. I don't need a 30-year-old, 31-year-old journeyman offensive lineman that's a nice guy. It means nothing to my team. If you're yep. if that is going to fracture your locker room, you did a shitty fucking job building it. End of story. It's I don't know how else to say it. Bears fan no, Goomba, thank you so much. Yes, very much. Appreciate you, brother. Awesome gesture by you. I know Cars appreciates it. 
Absolutely. But uh, thanks, thanks for participating, man. Love you. No, and and listen, my kids. Uh, few people may like you take it too seriously no my kids are freaking out that i'm not yelling like that i'm not into the game that is what yeah. the concern is because yeah like i'm one that will sit down and yell at the refs or get all upset and they're like this is the quietest you have watched two football games ever like when we score i'm not up and cheering when it's you know i'm happy and there's a clap but i'm not like it's not there yeah I'm you're just... waiting for the shit show that's going to follow it up that they're yeah. going to get gashed on teams or they're going to get gashed on defense that's been the chicago bears way man i'm right there with you and and lawrence here really uh lawrence crispin really calls it out because it's it is like i get so depressed and so i completely agree with this right like it is it is a sadness right now and it's nothing more than just listen i gave up on the bulls uh, during this last season, finally, I, I couldn't do it. I gave up on, on the White Sox. I'm a White Sox fan uh, a long time ago. The Bears, because it's 17 games now, because every game counts, um, you know, it's it's the thing. My, I, my dad and I bonded over football Sundays like so many of us did growing up. It, it's such a big deal. I feel like, you know, it's such... Uh, and hey, listen, I I will take it, Lawrence. I'm glad I pronounced it correctly as well. Um, but you know, you build all this time, um, and uh, I love that. Uh, it is a big deal, right? And I just kind of keep looking at this right now and just saying, I just want it to be good. You know, I I so strongly remember in the '80s, like my dad watching the game, his buddies coming over how loud they got when the Bears were good, how exciting they are when they were good, how the the city is such a vibrant thing when the Bears are good, that it was, um, it's just, it's, it's, it, there's a level of apathy that is kicked in right now that breaks my heart because as a, as a diehard Bears fan, I have, I barely have clothes that don't say Bears on them for daily wear. <laughs> Oh man, I went to uh, Riley's game yesterday. wasn't feeling good at all, but you know, no matter what, I'm always going to be there to support my son, even if I removed myself from the yeah. general public. Because I didn't want to get anybody else feeling the way that I felt. But I was sitting there getting ready to go to the game, and I, you know, it's, it's customary you grab a Bears hoodie or windbreaker or Bears hat, and I'm like. I couldn't even force myself to do it. I'm like, no, gotta go, gotta go with something else. Didn't want to deal with it because even here in New York, you go and Jesus, I got like, I went, where the hell was I? Oh, I was, I was at the car dealership, and I walked. I was there. I cars. I think I texted you guys. Yeah, I was there for like 20 minutes, and I got the Bears still suck. I got two of those in 20 minutes. Aren't any of them talking about the offensive genius that Brian Dable is this season? Yeah. No. Exactly. Oh, interesting. Exactly. Interesting how that. But works that's out. The, the and you know I'm a smart ass. I can I can shit talk with the best of them. But I didn't even have anything to say. I'm like I I, I got nothing, guys. I, you you got right. me. You got me. Uh, I'm. I don't <laughs> even know how to do this right now. We We're think, just gonna I, call him Twan. I'm Tuan. There we go. I'm Tuan too. There we go. Yeah, that the Peyton Manning Super Bowl. If you had told me, um, you know, after the freaking kickoff that we were going to lose the way that we did, 
I would have been just I, I, I would never have believed you. And to sit through that, the double doink, which I think I, is sadly days, I missed two straight days of work after the Super Bowl loss. I oh. couldn't I did not leave my house. My my immediate family, you know, I, I didn't have my kids or anything like that, but I, I isolated myself for like two weeks. I'd oh, go it's... to work, not talk. I wouldn't talk to anybody. It it absolutely affects my life to an unhealthy level. It I'll wake up on a Monday. My kids always help me. They'll do something goofy or get my mind off of it so that they do help. But it it affects my general every day. It's, the bear. But he nails it at that last one. It's just constant disappointment. You For folks, when I say like I get sometimes ripped on for being too positive, it's because I want to have hope. The second yeah. I get to that point where I don't have hope anymore, it's over. I, I don't root for the team. Like it just, you have to, you have to earn my loyalty and the bears have for whatever reason held on to it. And I just kind of keep going and saying like, it'll get better, but you know, at some, we're going to rent a convertible and drive to a big Canyon. We're going to oh, film and Louise it cars. I think and that we'll, that makes we'll a live stream it on TTNL. Totally agree. And yep. uh, to, to, so I'm Tuan. Thank you very much. And then for Sean Stewart, yes, this is therapy for all of us. It is. Yeah, we're a lot, we're a lot cheaper than normal therapists. That's, that's for sure. Thank you. As so someone who spent a lot of time in therapist <laughs> offices, I can tell you that's uh, for a hundred percent fact. And, and, and I understand that we're depressed. And, you know, when I, when we, so again, Sean, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Um, you know it is it's not a funeral i think there's the one thing that i want to keep saying is when you look at these things and when you see if i go back to kind of some of these plays if when you see that like or this play and you can see that there are yards to be made and when you look at this play where it goes to to dj and it's a big gain and you see that there are things to say there there is there remains hope like however you want to look at it if you want to get excited go watch some uh dexter's tape from the in the run game this past week yeah the 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 first half stuff i mean it gets progressively worse if we're being honest as he gets as he gets pounded to submission absolutely and and the he he needs to get in better shape that'll come with another nfl offseason in the strength program and stuff like that but Cars, there's things there on tape exactly what you want to see. It's not perfect, but there's just things there just in strength where he is ripping, throwing guys to the ground, and making the play. Not perfect, but you're seeing incremental steps from Javon Dexter. And it's and it goes like, yes, Darnell Wright has some misses, but you can understand why they wanted him and why they believed in Dexter. Oh, yeah. Dexter there's has so much there's ceiling. been so many people that have been banging on darnell right and i'm like what the fuck are you yeah i don't know what they're seeing other than i just think it they're pessimistic overall and just you know they want to throw everything into the volcano I, darnell Wright has had some bad plays but man overall i think about where this kid's going to be in year two year three year four i'm excited he stay healthy holy shit yeah no i i and agree tyree carter like the right side of the line Played and that was what a seventh round pick last uh the previous year. Is or that sixth what Carter round pick? was? Yeah, right around there. I yep. mean, 
that guy has really shown and and yeah this he's not as physical and you'd rather have nate davis out there for right now but this guy has shown that he can play and so there are positives you know tyreek stevenson didn't you know yes there were two massive push-offs guys still competing yeah we're going to get beat in the defensive backfield because it's all so many young folks you're going to expect it expect it so there are there is hope there is still belief like i understand that that jalen carter has looked great but i really understand that if if you want if you want justin fields to be good you have to protect him if you want to give him a fair shot and you want any chance of him not ending his career on just like a you know another quarterback that we ruined you know you don't want it to be like jay cutler we made all this investment in you and the best offensive lineman we ever right. signed was frank omiel right it just doesn't work that and, way and, and johnny knox was yeah. the, you know, the fifth round flyer that you took and devin hester wide receiver one but cars kind of talking about that let me i don't think you and i have talked about it on air yet but josh lucas was on you know couple of different bears related shows <clears throat> and he talked about he thinks with the bears front office and with justin fields yes they have made improvements to help justin he thinks from the outside looking in there's still a lot of gray area there have they bent over backwards have they went above and beyond out of their way to give justin fields absolutely everything to leave no doubt i kind of agree with them no they haven't and and that's the the hard part is as fans like how many of us are killing them that they haven't done enough but did they do that because they're not a hundred percent sold with what they've seen around hallisall on a day-by-day -day basis that they're not sold on him becoming what they need to win. Now, I forget, and I, and I should have this here. There was a a guy that tweeted, and I, you guys have heard me say I tend to look at things from a different perspective, and I have to give this guy credit. Unfortunately, I don't remember his name. He was tweeting, I believe, to Greg, uh, talking about, um, do you think that it's possible that part of their philosophy was to put Justin in uncomfortable situations, making him stay in the pocket to prove that he can become a pocket passer because that's ultimately is going to get them where they want to go if they have to invest in this kid? I, you know, I can understand why people would think that. I truly don't. And the reason I say that is they to me are looking at this at constructing a roster properly mm -hmm. meaning draft draft um drafting well, the best available and alluded all to, to that today doing it the right way is a slow process and they're building it for the long haul um i think the 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 the, the opposite of that is they expected him to take a step and not have these yips because what was weird is this whole thing about they're trying to make him a pocket passer. Shane, what was Justin Fields in college? A pocket right. passer. Yeah. 
What was he his first year? A pocket passer. What did they start last season with? A pocket passer. So this whole idea that they're trying to turn him into a pocket passer is a really weird thing. I think they want to limit some of the scrambling because even in some of those big scrambles, there were plays and throws that Justin should have and could have made, but they didn't. And we didn't really necessarily flag them because he was so athletic and so crazy, he would rip off a run. But there were plays last year from the pocket to be made that he missed. So this whole idea that they're trying to make him right. what he wasn't is not the case. He has always been a pocket passer. He was not a guy in Ohio State that ran and scrambled a ton. So, so I just, yeah. maybe the better way to ask you is just to kind of not go all conspiracy theory, but if you were to put a percentage on the belief in this front office moving forward with Justin Fields, do you think that they're all in? It's or a 50-50 toss-up. You think it's 50-50 toss-up? And yeah. that says a lot. I think it's I think it's all on him. You know, I think there's going to be a renewed focus on the game plan this week. I think my biggest takeaway from watching this game and going, and I could have <clears throat> thrown up so many screenshots, Luke Getze is still calling a lot of things like it's last year. A lot of max protects, a lot of chips. You know, you're leaving in a tight end and a running back to both chip. And defenses are doing exactly what they did after the good streak, which is, hey, man, we're just going to drop six into coverage, seven into coverage. But when it's seven into coverage, just know that one of those linebackers is solely focused on Justin Fields. They're going to do all of these different things. And it's and 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 that's what's happening. So the, the pressure is truly on Justin right now. Because defenses, and, and I'll show a quote, but before I do this, I want to say thank you to, to Shoeless. It has been a rough few years. The Tony LaRusso years were devastating, um, but I appreciate it. Absolutely. That is, uh, that is a massive problem, but thank you for, for watching. Um, and what I mean by that is I don't know how many folks saw this as a, uh, in the tweets, but when you look at what, Alex Rollins here is saying is teams are now watching Justin and they're, they're basically having everybody drop with eyes remaining on him. And I'll, I'll go back to show you the one play that I wish Justin would have thrown um, because there's more space, but Justin is not throwing in those spaces, right? His eyes are not great. Um, it's just not happening. So again, if you want to look sort of at what that spot drop is, I want you to see, if you look at the top of the screen here at all the way, or at the back of the screen, all the way at the 30-yard line and look at where that safety is. Teams are continually deploying safeties one high deep, and they are not doing anything but watching what happens. And so if you look at, you've got um, here, I think that's Tanyan at the bottom by the 40. He's got a guy that's in coverage and that safety is watching where he goes. You've got two other guys kind of here in the middle. Whichever one has to take the wide receiver, you'll notice the bottom defensive back or linebacker is actually charging up at the play because there is a 
another wide receiver breaking or tight end who chipped breaking late. If you look at this, if this ball comes out and it is thrown with any sort of anticipation, that is a first round, uh, first down. But what that tweet is saying, if you go back to it, is saying that there is space, but Justin's eyes are leading defenders to that space. And so this is the the problem that is really happening um, is that he is seeing something and he's afraid to throw it because he doesn't want to throw the interception. And this idea now that like the coaches are 100% to blame is not the case because this has been this way. This is the biggest issue for quarterbacks coming out of college. The biggest issue is always, I need to go from the guy is open, then I throw it, to throwing with anticipation and throwing a guy open. That is the biggest leap that all these quarterbacks, Zach Wilson has a cannon of an arm. Guess what he can't do? Throw with anticipation. We watched for a decade plus, what is Aaron Rodgers really good at? throwing at anticipation that is the difference between a good quarterback and a not good quarterback that was the allure of bryce young who i wasn't super high on as an nfl prospect just because of his frame that's why his processing and his anticipate in his anticipation throws are fantastic Size is an issue, but that's why he's already going to miss the third game of his career. Exactly. He's already out injured, right? So you're right there, but you're yeah. you're right that, and that is where the conversation came in. If Bryce Young, I'll say this with all the confidence in the world, if Bryce Young was six one or taller, drafted him, they the Bears would have drafted him. I agree. It would have been a no brainer, and that's listen. They would have moved Justin and tried to give him a shot. But he he right now, and it's and again, it's part of that issue of coming from a Ryan Day office offense in Ohio State. You don't throw a guy open. You just wait till the guy gets open and then you throw it. And right. when you've got Garrett Wilson, Olave, you know, uh, Smith and Jigba, and all of those weapons, those guys are going to be open. It's what happens. And so for him to make the leap, he's got to trust what he's seeing, trust the process. He's got two good wide receivers in Mooney and Moore that he's got a good connection with. He's got a good connection with Komet. He has got to throw with anticipation. If he does not throw with anticipation, it is it is done. It, it is right. done for him, and he's on to the next. So... Real quick, and you have another uh, super chat, but I want to address this because this, the, this is what we do at TTNO. We don't settle for bullshit like Tony posted here. We basically traded away Roquan for Claypool. Well, basically, that's not true at all. That's not what they did. They got a second and a fifth in linebacker AJ Klein. You have to look beyond that. What it did, it freed up the money for you to sign two linebackers in free agency in Tremaine Edmonds and 
TJ Edwards. But he's, and go ahead. But Tony is right in the fact that they have made these moves with the belief in helping sure. Justin Fields out. We can't sit down and say they have oh, it, right? There are six no, new no, no, starters I, on offense, but you're I, anyway. Yeah, I know you. I, I know agree, what you mean. But, that, but the, the overall point is they made that trade, I believe, you know, it was after the New England win, wasn't it? Or yes. leading, you know, maybe after the Dallas game, it was right in there. <clears throat> because he played it he played a good game against New England and I get that but it's it's not just cut and dry they made that to help Justin I guess when I made the comment earlier about have they done enough and have they went above and beyond what I'm saying is last year you didn't have the first rounder because mm-hmm. of Justin Fields so you had two you had two second round picks and a third rounder you went DBDB, and I know it's because they had these guys higher on their board. And then your first offensive pick was Valus Jones, a wildly raw prospect that we said on draft night should have never been the pick. Well, then you come around, you do go offensive tackle at number 10 after the the trade down. But then again, you come back, you have the... The two you could could have had the three second rounders. You so let's you just traded one for for Claypool, but then you go defensive tackle and corner, and then you come back in round three and you go defensive tackle yet again. Yeah. My thought process is, and I understand that you have to stay true to your board, but when you're that early in the draft with some of those picks, I just, if you're going to go above and beyond and give him absolutely everything I've did, they go above and beyond. If they were a hundred percent sold on the kid, I think that they would have bent over backwards to bring in as much firepower as possible. You would have let's seen what on, the Bengals did with Joe Burrow. That Wait, let's be honest. Cars. If Chase Claypool came in here and lit the place on fire, would they have traded for DJ Moore? No. Exactly. No. That's my that's my point. And I was probably a little strong on Tony, but my point is you trading Roquan opened up financially for you to sign Tremaine Edmonds, TJ Edwards, and in that trade, you got a fifth rounder who was Noah Sewell. And you got AJ Klein, special teamer, not on not on the team anymore, but so now, now you have to look at it. Would you rather have Roquan Smith on your team where he clearly fits better in a three, four defense, or would you rather have Edmonds Edwards, Noah Sewell? And what was, was there anything else in that? I I don't think so, but it was right around there. So it's, it's not just a cut and dry it was clay pool. Well, I, I think I think to your point though, it's like, you know, when you're fighting with your significant other and you want to say, like, you know, I wish you would communicate more. And they're like, Well, I texted you yesterday. Like, yes, that is a bit more than normally, but that doesn't mean that you have communicated enough. If it is if if there there could have been other steps, there could have been other moves. You know, we we keep hearing about uh, we didn't draft a center, right? That that should there there very well could have been a move there, and I understand. I I, I thought, and, and you know where I'm going, Carza. You've heard me talk about. It. I I thought on draft night. I I feel like the defensive tackle they wanted overall went. To, I think that the two that they wanted, I think they wanted Dexter clearly, but 
but I think Fair. they wanted the kid from Wisconsin that went to Pittsburgh. Oh, um, uh, yeah. I'm blanking on his name. Somebody will throw it in the chat uh, there. Herbig? No, 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 no. no. Oh, um, no. Somebody will have it in the... I know who you're talking about. The Yeah, I'm totally blanking on his name. But anyways, I think uh, that... Benton. Keanu Benton. Benton. Yeah, Keanu Benton. I think the two that they wanted was Benton and Dexter would be my guess. But I, th- I, I think they really wanted Dexter. I can't, as much as I like Tyreek, I don't understand that trade up and move when you look at it as great of a player as and as excited as I am for him to have done that. And then the very next play is when John Michael Schmitz goes. Yeah. Um, well, I don't, you think that that is more of a concern because they're looking for a guy kind of similar Jalen Johnson and the financial expectations and being a, being a free agent, they want to cover the bases. And this, and this is something that we've praised Ryan Poles for. He's seeing the potential for a hole and filling it with a quality player before it becomes a hole. Yeah, it's it's good. I, I think that's the hard part with all of this when it goes back to, to what Poles has done. You understand the reason for so many of it. Um, and, and to your point, I do think there's some anticipation because the fact that he's not signed here for an extension, you know, and one thing we'll be on is, is watch for him now, because if, if this season continues to go this way, I think you'll see Jalen Johnson probably moved at some point just for additional draft capital. If it, if it continues down this path, but it, it, it is concerning again, that is like it. Right now, and I think some of this is because your coach is a defensive coordinator, Ty goes to the defense or to defense, and it shouldn't be that case because defense defense doesn't not that it doesn't matter, but like if you don't have a good offense, your defense doesn't matter. It it just doesn't. If you can't if you can't drop well, if you're 30 on the field points, every snap, right? Yeah, if you can't drop 30 points a game at any moment um you just you just can't and and so if justin fields is not the guy the only reason i say you're going to make another hole and i'm okay with that is because the bears are going to have to massively reload and they're going to finally if you look at what they will do if they go again really poorly you will draft a quarterback you will draft either olu or Marvin Harrison Jr. with your second pick, and then you are going to spot fill everywhere else on offense and start to backfill these positions. And you will take these chances on defense because you finally need to build an offense. Like, we've been talking about this for our entire lives, Shane. Oh, yeah. We had... about it. We've had... In our lives, one year, the first Tressman year, where we were an exciting offense, and then we had the Eric Kramer year in 95. Yeah. That's it. That's been in 45 years of my life and really all basically 30 years of my adult life, we suck on offense. We've never done it. And so we have been doing proper building of a roster 
we want to do all these things, but at some point you've got to go, you've got to switch and be like, this is an offensive league. There's a lot of good talent on offense right now, which I also think is getting undersold. But you've got to, you've really got to double down. If you look at what the Rams have done, if you look at Detroit, right? And the way that Detroit has built that team from the, the front line back, you have to do this. And if this season is a lost season, I think you really want to start moving guys. You know, again, Jalen doesn't make the turnovers that you want. He's not impacting games as much as you want. Those sorts of things, you've just, you've just got to, you've got to, you got to do it. And it's unfortunate, but that's where we are. All right. So we got a couple of super chat things here for you from Herb, the Herb Man. I like I that. Uh, great show as always. Hopefully the storm passes sooner rather than later and the bears are relevant again someday. And thanks, Herb. Uh, Herb, we uh, totally appreciate your uh, absolutely your gratitude you. there. Um, yeah, it is, man. We we all want this to pass, but unfortunately, I think it was uh, Chubbs put in the chat. You know, it's there's there's potential, but we at some point potential is only going to get you you know, excited, and then you're just not going to believe it anymore. You have to see these guys making plays. But the other side of the coin with that is when you have a guy that out there that is showing potential and you're not going to give him the chance in a Roshan Johnson in a game where he should have never only had four carries, and one of them, what, what was it, his long, a 29-yard run? Yeah. his yeah. That what, is that what it was? Something it's like just that, yeah. the, that goes back to the game plan. That goes back to the coaching staff. Let these guys, Fluce himself has said, hey, we're not afraid to play these young guys and let them go out there and make plays. Well, run them. Run then, them. They are on defense. Yeah. And there's right not on offense. On offense. And so, it, you know, I know that we've been really down and it's depressing. It's The season's not over. I said multiple times. I'm going to give this thing to week four and then we'll know. And you've got two more weeks in Kansas city. Let's be real. Um, Kansas city through two games has scored 37 points. 37. They'll points. Sc- yes. They'll score more than that against Chicago this weekend. I feel like I, I can't say that. And the reason for it is once you get past Travis Kelsey, nobody on that wide receiver group scares me. And so it's not going to be like Tampa is a bad example for us because that's Evans. Right. But I'm looking Godwin. at if you're giving up elite Hall of Fame like numbers on third down to Baker fucking Mayfield. What's Patrick Mahomes going to do? He's going to make lesser talent at wide receiver. So the argument, like, the counter like to that is, is like yeah. he's throwing to Godwin and, and Mike Evans. Oh, and it's sure. not I, it's not I, him doing it. And But I get it. Right. Like, I under, yeah. I totally get that. But I I really look at this and say, you know, this is if this is a blowout game where we lose big, I think you really as a as a front office yep. have to force a change to be made. If this team comes through and competes and fights, and let's be real, you know, like Chris Jones made a big impact last week, but Kansas City has not looked impressive. Kansas City has not looked good. Mahomes has missed qu- 
quite a bit. And so this is a game that, you know, he'll come up and start flashing his draft number again and, and all of those things to happen. But if this game doesn't look better, if their ball is not coming out on time, yep. you have two moves that you can make. One is to move lit, fire Luke Getze. The other is to bench Justin Fields. I would want number one way more than number two. Uh, I don't even want number two at this point. You would have to move from Luke Getze. Yeah, you got to make a Getze move before you make a Justin Fields move. I what, mean, what do we? What do you feel? Me, yeah. What do you feel like? Oh no, I, I yeah. Listen, you, I I you, get it. I, mean, I know you're gonna, with me that you think if that they're they going to bench Justin Fields. I mean, it's you, you. You've drawn your line in the sand, and you're you're razor thin because I don't want to get into draft talk or anything like that yet. I I don't know how you feel cars. I I'm a big fan of Caleb Williams. I'm not a Drake may guy so much. I know. I think, is it, is it you that likes him a little bit more? Uh, I do like him a bit. Like I just, he's a way better person than Mitch was. So I think he gets, yeah, I'm just not ready to, and I don't think I ever will be tying my, self to that moving forward and i mean then you're then you're talking about qb3 at this point and i know a lot of people are going to be getting fired up but i mean it's you talk about wide open i mean it very well could be it very well could be sanders oh at this point yeah sanders is gonna yeah and i mean and i know if that happens and that's where the bears are is it a you know is it a pad do they go full blown hollywood and blow the doors in and get the Sanders package deal in Chicago. And I mean, I, I, I don't want to open up those coffers, but it's your chance at Caleb Williams is, and I don't want to hear that, you know, you have the two first rounders, what teams that are going to be in contention for the number one overall pick and Caleb Williams, what teams are trading out of number one? Well, so, I mean, um, Houston, Houston can't Carolina can't, yeah. Uh, you know, Arizona is going to be all in. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I think there's going to be other teams. Uh, who was it? It was Sean Payton uh, before he took the coaching job where he said, if you think tanking is an issue, wait till you see this year when Caleb Williams yeah. can come. Oh, yeah, out. it was Sean Payton. Yeah, he did say that. Yeah. And he said, because you are going to see tanking like you have never seen it before. And you see Arizona trying. Um, but I don't know why they, you know, like you're going to be stuck with Kyler Kyler's contract. No one's taking that atrocity. You should have never done it in the first place. Yeah. Um, but if and you look, yeah, I think you're just, right. Nobody is. Yeah. Just real quick, Nathan, you know, they can say that now, but when you're, when you're QB three in a draft, that very well means you could be, the a top four pick if you're slotting Marvin Harrison at, at three to whoever is there, things change. I mean, you're a top four, top five pick in the NFL draft. You're never you're you're never going to make that money back, and you're going to go back. And yes, you have the NIL, but Matt injuries Barkley. happens. Things things happen. Yeah, Matt, Matt Barkley, Barkley at USC was going to be a number one pick. He went back, and he he went what sixth fifth or sixth round when he went like yeah. 
someone will get into his ear and talk about the risk of the money uh, that he's living up. So I, I think it's, I think it's there. I, I understand the point, but I don't think it's a, a thing. Um, we've got a few other super chats. So corn planter, I don't have much anticipation because if I would have had anticipation, I would have predicted the losses and understood that this would have been a, uh, a loss of a year. So uh, I anticipate uh, poorly. I need to work on that as well. I got to go back and watch the film of myself and make sure uh, I deliver stats with better anticipation that's what his wife says too so absolutely she she will not even go there uh gilo d gilo does yes thank you uh it is fire maybe at the end of the season we will set down set cars keys completely on fire if the season continues to go this way live on air or maybe at the end of the season it will be a dumpster a picture of a dumpster before the fire uh before we go so (laughs) and then Last but not least, when we have uh, Jeremy Anastasi. Um, so I, I disagree with one of these takes here. So first off, thank you very much. But the we did address the D-line a lot. So you yeah. signed Andrew Billings. You took two of your top four picks into defensive tackles. DeMarcus you signed, Walker. You signed Demarcus Walker. You signed uh, Yannick Ngakwe. You signed Rasheem uh, Green. Rasheem Green. There was a ton there done. I don't, again, they focused very heavily on the run defense, which, yes, they're getting gashed and a little bit of tired because the offense can't do anything, but they are they are doing better. And again, if you go back and look at some of the Dexter tape and even some of the Billings tape, Billings is doing pretty well in the run game. You know, Justin Jones is there. He's a better rotational guy. We need to move him back. I think they're pushing... Dexter more because they want him to be, uh, you know, they want him to be the three tech starting by the end of the season. Uh, they did a lot there. You're absolutely right on the center position. I don't understand that one at all. I think they just sort of assumed that they would stay healthy the whole way. Yeah, um, and that's the, I mean, in the cars, I'm going to repeat myself again. You and I have talked about this a hundred times. Why not? If you're going to gamble on anything, gamble on the upside of a player. Yes. Rather than gambling on maybe the guy will be healthy. I just, yes, I don't understand that. If you're going for a Super Bowl, maybe you can sell me on that. That this veteran guy that, that can get you over the hump, but he just needs to stay healthy. You're a three win team. Why the fuck is Cody Whitehair? who is a shell of himself, Lucas Patrick, who is at best a leader, but a journeyman, both why over the age there? of 30. Why both are they out the there? Tell me why you can't tell me anything that I will believe other than we just couldn't get enough done because we have so many fucking holes. But the point is, and I know it's a, a lightning rod topic and yes, he's on a practice squad. I would feel much better about gambling on Dieter Iselin's upside, giving him a chance because I already know who Lucas Patrick is. I already you, know that you had me until you had to mention Dieter. Oh, I um, know. I, but like, I, knew, I, I but, complete, but you get, you get my point. No, I, I absolutely do. You're a like, three win team gamble on upside, not veteran leadership with a journeyman. 
And and so Jeremy, again, thank you very much for this. Um, you're absolutely right because I think one of the biggest letdowns is is I've not been happy with what I've seen out of Cody Whitehair at 13 plus a season. I have not been happy, and it was unfortunate to see Eddie Jackson go down and get injured again, entering his 30th season. Like it shouldn't be a shock that the age injured 30. guys. Age 30. Age Hasn't 30. been in the league 30 years. Sorry, age 30. Thank you. Um, That'd be like a record, I think. That's the other thing that the Bears is always, it's just like Robert Quinn. If these guys can just stay healthy while they're old and fight and play like they used to, this will be a great season. Nobody in the NFL does this anymore. You don't believe that a guy is suddenly going to get more healthy the older that they get. And if you had gone back and said, Hey, at the beginning of this year, Shane, we're going to also release Cody Whitehair and we're going to release Eddie Jackson to free up some cap space. And yes, we understand that it creates a hole and we appreciate everything that they've done, but we need to be at a point where we are giving more playing time to young kids and we've got to build this roster from the ground up. That's the way that this should have been. This team expected 31-year-old Cody Whitehair to be 26, 27-year-old Cody Whitehair. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, a... that's, the, that's the way it is. And so I think you look at this right now, that, and as good as the line is, has played, you know, Braxton Jones has led up some plays. It's really unfortunate he's gone on IR. I understand how some of these things look. But I feel like they just, if we let them play, it'll be better if if... When Tevin Jenkins comes back, if he comes back, and I'm not saying I know anything, but I just, he's another one of those players you just cannot rely on to play. At this moment, we're, what, we're 35 games into his career. He's played 17 of them, and 11 of them, he's played more than 50% of the snaps, either due to conditioning or working himself out or because he gets injured in the middle and, of the game. And 50% of the snaps is a absolutely abysmal bar to be shooting for it's it's a ridiculous thing but they counted on him to be healthy you know doug kramer would probably be playing at center instead of lucas patrick if he could have stayed healthy but he came in injured he got injured again you we we spent an entire offseason spending money on guys and we overlooked some of the guys on a roster that probably should have gone and it's not an insult to, to cody or to, to eddie they're just old and injured a lot and aren't the same player that they used to be. You don't you don't give a guy a starting role and name him a captain or name him a leader because of what he used to do that it's got the the performance has to meet. If Eddie right. is gone for a long chunk again, both of those players are gone next year. What have you what have you accomplished in a lost year? Right. And Jeremy, what I'd say to this is you have to <clears throat> you have to project forward. Um Demarcus Walker, they, I believe he got a three-year deal, correct? Uh, three for nine or something like that. Yeah. No, yeah, he was actually like twenty-one, right? I mean, look, I got to go I back. Thought, You're I right. You're right. Like three and twenty-one. You're right. So th that one is, and still, I think he's a better player on the inside. But Yannick Ngakwe, it's a one-year deal. Billings got a, he got a one-year deal. At this point, they're. They're not long-term investments like a Pickens or a Dexter or, I mean, if you're going to 
going to get a three-year deal in Walker, that is a long-term investment in the NFL years. So they're guys that are placeholders until they can listen. Their overall thought process was if they believed in Justin and he went out and proved that he is going to be the guy moving forward, then you very, very well may have doubled up at defensive end in this in this upcoming draft. Who knows? I mean, there's a lot of offensive linemen coming out too, but that that's ultimately where you're going to see those moves. The big moves is in the draft. And not a lot of guys hit the free agent market that are, you know, going to be massive difference makers. Hargrave was the only one that you could have argued from a pass rushing perspective. And plus 30, yeah. Would have been a difference maker. You know, like, Draymond Jones was the best supposed um, pass rusher on this thing. Draymond Jones, it wouldn't have excited me a ton. I would have understood the move because I think what he's I don't he's never had uh, a 10 sack season. He's topped out at six and a half. Right. It, it yeah. there what there weren't guys this year Um to do that and and that's by the nature of this this sport if you're a good pass rusher you don't hit free agency just like if you're a really good offensive lineman you don't hit free agency the ones that do are old and in decline Hargrave put up his first double digit sack at 20 season at 29 his first double digit he was the best pass rusher and it wasn't even close it's I, I totally get it I don't think any of the rookie defensive ends are are lighting the world on fire either. Um, it's just there was so much. I think the biggest fault that I give to Ryan Poles is I think he really misunderestimated how bad the roster was when he gutted it. I think they really planned on some of these guys making bigger steps than they were truly capable of. And so some of the moves said Dominique Robinson is going to make that next step. So we don't, you know, if we don't have a guy there, we need, we're going to do that. And that was a miss. And I think that is really the biggest fault that I find with him is he thought we weren't as bad as we were. And uh, it's unfortunately coming back to, to bite him in the butt right now. Yeah. And that's what sends me back to Travis. I understand if you're not the the absolute perfect fit, and I know he's not eating it up in in Tennessee, but at the same time, I just don't know how you move on from him for nothing. You know what I mean? It's the way that this roster is constructed. It makes, and then you're going to come out and praise the kid for being a hard worker and, you know, Oh, but we need to see it on the field. Well, yes, I understand you were playing against some backups and, and, the offseason, well, so were the other guys that didn't produce, that made the team. I just, Dominique Robinson got outplayed all preseason long, and it wasn't even close. Yeah, it wasn't even a, close. We have a t-shirt for that, performance over politics. So it's, you know, I again, and wow, we're actually running way longer than normal. Uh, there's a lot of venting session in this, but uh, oh yeah, it's, it happens. The, the roster is way worse than they expect, than they expected. I will say the roster is better than what they've shown. And I do not agree with these folks that say that they don't have the greatest, um, 
you know, that they're the worst roster in the league. That's that's not the case. There is more talent. They're just not being put in successful places to win uh, and, and look good. And that is, again, the fault of the uh, uh, of the coaching staff. And so, you know, when they've missed, they've missed badly and we're paying it. Yeah, no, I I hear you. I was just looking over some of the defensive line free agents in, in 2024, and I know we're getting way ahead of ourselves. You know, Chris Jones is the name on a one-year deal, but part of that reworked one-year deal is that it didn't remove the ability for Kansas City to, to tag him again. Yep. And you're talking about at that point, then you're talking about a 30-year-old, you know, uh, uh, player. But then there's there's just a lot of retreads in there too you know they carl lawson is the name yeah just... marcus davenport uh romeo aquara from detroit yannick and is up the fletcher cox and that that time frame doesn't fit in the interesting name it that people were willing to give up premium assets for chase young is going to be a, a free agent who fits the youth profile but is that the biggest he asset is that he holds is just his youth. I mean, he didn't play week one either. Right. right like right. it was another nope. guy. And I don't, did he even play last week? I don't, I don't, I'm Oh, he not, did. He uh, did. And he got one and a half sacks last week. Okay. So there you but, go. But it's, you know, then you're getting down into the guys like Derek Barnett, uh, Justin Jones. Old. Yeah. You're Justin old. Jones is a guy that's, uh, Dorrance Armstrong is probably a guy that they, you know, you would, look at a little bit, you know, that would fit in. But it's, again, it's what is going to push you to the draft. And that's where you're going to find your guys. On and the it's again, line. at some point, if if these guys, yes, you're going to create holes, but they are, they are trying, and, and we'll see how it works, they're trying to build the roster the right way and build it through the draft for the vast majority, unless you can get a very cheap Tremaine Edmonds sort of thing. Um, so, you know, they're going to take more of their shots in the draft because then you have more control, they're more development prospects, and you're not overpaying for mediocrity. I understand the method. It is biting us in the ass right now. And if there's not mass uh, improvement and, and Jimmy Tony's right, Jared verse would not shock me if it, it as a, as a pick if they land outside of the top three or four, right. As a guy that they would go out and get, but it's, um, you know, these positions are all about, especially in the defensive line. Like, yeah, they, they spent a lot of defensive tackles. You do that because Philly gave you that model, right? They showed you if I can just rotate guys in and out and keep them fresher. That is why Javon Hargrave had the best season that he's ever had. You rotate these guys in, you give them the ability that is the way, you know, running back by committee is one thing. Defensive line by committee is another. And unless you have a top 1%, you know, one of the, a Watt or a Bosa, you're going to, you everything is going to be by committee to make sure that guys are staying fresh, that they don't get injured and that, you know, you're getting the best out of all of them. That's what it's going to be. Um, it's, it's just, it's not there. You're muted again. My bad. I sneezing in the background too much, <laughs> and then I mute myself and then forget. I don't know if you're 
maybe maybe you are, maybe you're not. Maybe I'm just reading it wrong. If you're talking about defensive tackle, so I mean, we, Cars and I, talked about Javon Dexter making strides. Pickens is been inconsistent, but I mean, I, I I'm very happy with where he's at so far with things that he's Absolutely. shown. And I mean, Travis Bell, you're talking about a seventh round draft pick from Kennesaw state that's on the yeah. practice squad. I mean, I, if you call that terrible at drafting, I'm glad you gave him two games into it. I guess you're, you're way, I, I, maybe you're a prophet. I don't know what the deal is, but I mean, I don't understand how you're giving him two games into their rookie season. I mean, Javon Dexter has played five years of football total in his life. Five years that's that includes high school college and pros he's extremely raw and guess what he's younger than jalen carter he's 21 years old still he's there's so much upside there and he's he's showing progress legitimate big boy strength plays progress chubs check your dm on twitter i'll send you a couple clips that i think you'll like I promise you, as soon as the show's over, I'll I'll DM them to you so you can watch them. But once Keon White went, they're really that was kind of the last of the the pass rushers, right? Yep. Like, and when you look back at that draft and you get past it, th- the names of these folks, whether it's Byron Young or it's the kid from USC or some of these others, they're not moving the needle at at all for these teams. Once. Right. Once Keon is there, you would. And, and no, Chubbs, that's that. It's not that you're not yeah. confident. It's you have no bodies there. Ian Cunningham came from Philadelphia, where they built up a rotation of players. The opposite, and what you're talking about, is more like what Washington has done, where Washington has an incredible front four and absolutely zero depth. And so when when Chase Young is injured, or if uh, Sweat is is injured. They're not the same team. And you're always going to have a fall off. What you have to do is you want to rotate these guys in. All the teams are building this way. It is all about kind of getting through. Unless you have a Bosa or a TJ Watt that can be there down in, down out, playing and dominating. The vast or a Max Crosby at Vegas, right? Um, It's this is the way it is now. This is teams. This is no longer going to be, uh, God, uh, the the Akeem Hicks playing right. 90% of the snaps at a defensive end position. No, they want these guys closer to, to 50 to 60% of the snaps. They want them to keep fresh. It's in big part because of the addition of that 17th game. They do not want these guys wearing down, and they take a heck of a lot more damage now in that game. In that 17th game, every game counts. And so, no, this is you, you, this is the way that you do this. This isn't an offensive line position where you're not rotating guys in. Defensive guys are in and out all the time. And it's just it's just the way the league is. You might not like it or might not agree with it or may, may not see it yet, but go and watch. If you watch anything from Philly last year, if you watch a lot of what San Francisco does on the defensive line outside of Bosa. There's a lot of swapping guys and moving them around to try to create mismatch and wear down opposing offensive lines. 
I hear you. That's probably a great place to end it, Cars. I know we we went over. We usually try to stay to about ninety minutes, but we're we're pushing that two hour mark. So I start to get antsy when we we get there. Absolutely. Yeah. So just real quick, I'll run through it. Ron Ambrosio, Bears fan, Goomba, uh, Lawrence Chrisman. I'm Tuan Two, Sean Stewart, Shoeless. Herb the Herb Man, Corn Planner, Gilo Dez, and Jeremy Anastasi, our super chat participants tonight. We Thank appreciate you, you guys. Thanks for showing the love. Um, this is the first cars keys under the the super chat model. So that was that was fun. We appreciate everybody, of course, that showed up. Uh, we will be back here next week to to break it all down and talk about the thrashing that is upon us in Kansas City. Maybe they'll shock the world. Who knows? But I mean, both we the will Kansas be City games were close. So yep. I, I'm not going to do that. I uh, kind of like if anybody watches the Princess Bride and it, the, the one guy says never bet against the Sicilian when death is on the line. Never bet on Matt Nagy uh, blowing the doors off. If If anybody can put training wheels back on Patrick Mahomes, they've got the right guy there to do it. Yeah, we will see. But uh, next week, I believe we'll be getting back to a little bit of normalcy here on TTNL. Monday night, the Super 16 poll show. Uh, I believe uh, the the Keeping It Fantasy guys are going to be making their season debut next week, unless something changes that I don't know about. Wednesday night, we will be live on Keeping It 100 with Zach Pearson friend of the show uh who i Such got to guy. chat with a little bit yesterday and the craziness he's like bro <laughs> he's like it's it's nuts but i don't want to give away any of his nuggets he'll be sharing with us here next week and then that brings us to thursday where we will be back here once again for season two episode 25 next week cars on cars keys and uh, but don't forget, as soon as the game goes final this Sunday, Phil and I will be here with BHL. Get the fuck out of bed, bitch. Go. Get up, get up, and they got both on. And if you think this show is depressing. Don't bother with BHL. Uh, exactly. Really no, it's more. usually, man, it's it's a BHL is an absolute monster on game days. I mean, it's uh, it's hard to keep up with the chat room. I mean, we were up over 4000 people live at one point in the That's chat room insane. and it was crazy. It almost made you dizzy just watching the chat fly by so yeah we will do that and if you are a ttnl network patron like we hope that you all are head over to the tapeneverlies.com to sign up we will be going live like we do every game at halftime with a quick show to give you our live reaction to the first half of bears versus kansas city but beyond that cars you have anything else before we uh get out of here jeremy appreciate you thank you Appreciate everybody. The only thing I ever have to say is I still can't believe that people tune in and listen to me nerd out uh, and sometimes 
get my own therapy. Did you ever so, think 30 years ago, cars, when we were in those Chicago Bears message boards that we were going to be live on YouTube with all these people, you know, spending their hard-earned money to to listen to us and, you know, it's, throwing it's, you 1999 just to say that, you know, we love you and, and enjoy you. I mean, it's crazy. It's insane. Like, my Maisie today was like, so how did you meet Mr. Shane? And I was like, well, I've never met him. And you're always Mr. Shane, which makes me laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, yeah like, Cars and I have never met face-to-face. We've face. never Crazy. met face-to-face. And uh, she's like, mind blown from this. She's like, I, yeah. I don't, this doesn't even make sense. I, I don't understand. <laughs> and if you had told me like that we're in a, in a room where one guy would, uh, where two guys would argue incessantly back and forth over the same point, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, in every thread that ever happened and now i would be talking on youtube and my kid uh, is bragging to everyone that she's now the intro to my show on a, on a youtube i yeah, never would no, believe this yeah it's great i have teachers from my son's school that they're obviously not bears fans but they they realize what ttnl is and have heard of it and know who i am and stuff like that because my son goes to school there and uh it's funny they'll come up to me and they're like, "Hey, gotta I gotta get some fantasy football advice from you." And I'm like, "You're talking to the wrong you're talking to the wrong dude." I have oh God, no yeah. interest in fantasy. I said I get too ramped up just watching the Bears. If I had you know more on the line with other players and other teams, I'm not sure I could I could handle it. So I'm like, hey, yeah, I'm not I I'm not the guy for fantasy football. I'm doing a league this year and I regret it already, but I was sort of forced to through work and it's the same because I have, I have Justin on my team and I, I roughly had to bench him this week and it breaks my heart, but yeah, my son, my son benched Justin in his franchise on Madden and it's the uh, Tyson Bajan show because he, he tries to make all these trades and I'm like, that's not realistic at all. Will you just, Jeez, drives me drives what, me reading Twitter. Oh yeah, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> All right, we love you guys. We We're love you very much. Thank you. Get so much. out of here. Thank you to you, super chatters. Um, it's still blows my mind that people are are willing to do that. So we yes. love and appreciate you. All you patrons, we we love you guys just as much. Obviously, thank you so much. So we are gonna be out of here. We'll leave you with a little little ender. Before Bears Chiefs on Sunday. We'll see what happens. Lord help us. Here's fucking hoping. Thelma and Louise. Let's do it, cars. Get out of here, buddy. Love you.